said to me that the, the the one time when you feel like you can't take any time off is the exact time where you need to take a break and relax like because that happens so much that people just think right i can't stop i need to keep going but you know at the end of the day nothing's gonna the business isn't gonna implode or it's not gonna the the, the walls aren't gonna come tumbling down if you don't send that email at 11 at night like at the end of the day it's not that important welcome to another episode of the burnt chef journal hosted by myself chris hall the founder of the burnt chef project this week's guests are the boys from Fink Street Food. Fink Street Food is a social enterprise, a non-profit, similarly to the Burnt Chef Project. And they are on a mission to smash mental health stigma one bite at a time. Not only do these guys use all 50% of their profits to support mental health charities, projects and initiatives, but they also provide great quality food that gets people talking. Social enterprises like ours, they are fantastic businesses. You know, they are great for giving back to the local community. And if you want to learn more, do listen to this episode because these guys have got a great business model, an amazing ethos. And really, I believe that they're, you know, they're really setting the future for businesses within the hospitality industry. I really hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. On the surface, we at Lamb Weston are a leading global frozen potato product provider, but hospitality is in our roots. We are helping to chip away the stigma of mental health in the industry and truly believe in well-being through potatoes, which is why we are in full support of the Burnt Chef project. If you want to find out more about how we provide well-being through the humble potato or try a free sample of our award-winning products, such as our proper British chips, The Dukes, Follow us on Instagram at Lamweston UK. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. How are you guys? Yeah, good. Thank yeah, you. Well, good. 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 I'm a little bit late to the party. Oh yeah. Well, I've been looking forward to this one for a while. Obviously, uh, you know, we're we're both non-profits. We both operate uh, to to challenge the stigma of mental health. But I mean. Firstly, I'd love for our listeners to learn a little bit more about sort of what you guys do in terms of your operation, why you got started, um, and really just to sort of hear your own individual stories as well. So I don't know, uh, like, I don't know who wants to start, Lewis, James, like, go for it. So should we, should we give you a bit of a background to think to start with? Um, um, as you said, we're, we're a, a social enterprise um, catering and a street food events um, provider, so we do uh, street food markets, pop-ups uh, at the likes of um, Blue Collar uh, Food Market in Reading, various breweries. We have permanent pitches across Berkshire, essentially. And we're a business on a social mission to break down mental health stigma. Um, and we're using the, the vehicle of street food and sort of communal events um, and shared food experiences to try and promote a positive mental health message. But uh, on top of that, um, as, as you know, our we put mental health at the forefront of everything we do. So we're using 50% of our profits to support mental health charities, initiatives and projects. Um, I'm sure Lewis can give you a couple of insights into the couple of the charities that we support at the moment. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously we started think just before uh, the global pandemic. So um, it, it threw us up quite a bit. Um, we have to change menus, um, find different ways of surviving and different ways of supporting charity where, in the early days, we were building towards um, doing young people cookery classes with charities such as Young People and Children First. Um, I think we managed to do one before lockdown took grip. Um, and then since then, we started supporting local charities such as Woking Mind um, and Number Five Young People um, in Reading is our main um, point of call for the support that we provide. Um, we're looking to do quite a lot with them going forwards. Uh, we've just done the Make It For May campaign with them, um, showing some of their ambassadors and people that follow that journey, how they can cook at home and use food as a vehicle towards supporting mental well-being by doing that as groups together uh, as a as a fun way of, you know, yeah, just in general, bringing people together and chatting yeah. whilst they're doing so when, something um, fun. When COVID and social distancing uh, um subsides a bit when we're when we're allowed to we're going to be um yeah doing these series of cookery workshops with them as part of our sort of social pledge as a way of 
a building self-esteem within a, a group of young people who feel a bit you know uh misaligned with society there that you know some of them have got you know they've got they've got their struggles that they're going through and cooking can be a real real release for the for for young people and also hopefully we can discover some culinary talent and you know help to nurture that a bit and you know learning something new is one of the nhs's five key steps to achieving mental well-being so that's sort of what our business is based on is trying to you know connect people um encourage people to learn new skills get back in the kitchen and and come together to discuss mental health so yeah and supporting amazing charities like number five and young people and children first is 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 really important to that for us that's amazing and what was it that gave you the idea for this concept i mean because effectively you could have just started up as a you know as a a great business serving great food and and Mm -hmm. not thought about giving away 50 percent of your profits really so so where did that come from well, I think, uh, well, back in, well, after university, me and James met at a graduate scheme uh, for a large contract catering company. Um, so we've been in the industry together for 30 years now. Um, not, 30, not combined, yeah, together, I was say, combined. I'm, I'm yeah, not that old. Um, but yeah, throughout that time combined, we've seen so many things, so many struggles that our colleagues and staff have all gone through. Um, and it's, for me, most of what I've seen is a vicious cycle of sometimes living paycheck to paycheck where you've got low pay and heavy demands and it's a vicious cycle of further like constantly um, affecting mental well-being of those staff members. Um, for example, like I used to have a, a pot wash uh, member in my team um, who was grief-stricken at, at one stage but didn't let on to anyone anyone else within his team um broke down middle of service and i had to send him home and just literally promise him that you know there would be no effect to pay go and take the time out that you need um you know go and deal with what you need to deal with um but he'd come to work regardless of those of the situation because he just couldn't afford to be off and he mm-hmm. didn't want to tell anyone because he would have been forced to take take time off probably that's what he feared anyway um and you just got to make people feel comfortable and know that it's okay not to be okay and people around you to support you yeah i think uh, for myself um uh, i grew up my my mum suffers um severe bipolar disorder so growing up as a as a kid you know i was i was in and around mental health issues and seeing the the devastating impact it can have on people and also seeing firsthand the lack of true support that's out there so uh, mental health has been something that I've been really passionate about not only raising awareness but trying to change the focus beyond raising awareness which is which is fantastic but to be putting pressure on to to reinstigate the services that people need to help them because um there's a real there's a real void there so and I think through yeah through those experiences you know, I, sometimes I, when I was started working in kitchens, I'd, I'd go to work on a Sunday morning and my mum hadn't got out of bed due to depression for, for 48 hours or even a week at some time. So it was re- really, really challenging. And that sort of has focused me to um, to start a socially focused business. And as Lewis said, both of us were working in contract catering for, I think, yeah, we worked for a large contract caterer for about six years together. And I moved in from... Um, an operationals role into a, a sales and marketing role, um, looking after a region for this company. And after about three years, I just realized that it was burning me out completely. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't passionate about it anymore. And the, the most important thing for, for me to do is to look after our own, my own mental well being. So I think that's what's good about think as well is what we're, we're trying to help, other people with their own mental well-being and you know raising awareness about how other people can look after their their own health but it's important for us as well it's like we we live it we try and live it every day we we make decisions based on mental health quite a lot you know we, we've been sat trying to do a, a rotor for the next two months where we look we're like oh shit what are we um how are we going to deliver this but for us you know it's about getting more resource in and trying to trying to look after because we could easily say right we're going to do 
we're going to we're going to work 80 hours a week here we're going to do all of these events by ourselves but we know it's not sustainable because we've we've lived that through you know our experiences in previous previous industries yeah, it's a, it's a fine line, especially as business owners, to, to tread in terms of being able to take on enough work so that you can scale the business and it can be a success to realizing that actually you've just become a slave a slave to it because you're you're throwing everything you've got in terms of your time and resources to keep, you know, to keep it afloat. And, you know, you, you've got plenty of work offers coming in, but also at the same time, it's a case of actually being selective about what you do do and making sure that you take time for yourself. It's a real it's a real conflict, isn't it, at times? It is. It's challenging. And I think for us, it's about, um, you know, we've got a really strong team that, we, that are, we're super, super keen to support and make sure that they're not overworked as well. So striking the right balance between us four, there's four, four of us in the business working full time, which we've grown from the two of us when we first started doing every market. Um, and yeah, making sure that they're, they feel supported and, are invested in the business is key as well because um as i say we can't do everything ourselves yeah uh, we're trying not to exceed sort of four days uh, in a working week for our two staff members um we are also providing them with mental well-being days um within their contracts so that if they ever feel a time where they just need that time out even if they've got a shift starting in a couple of hours they can they can cash that in and no questions asked, we'll, we'll make it work because we've seen so many instances at, in workplaces where people either just call sick or come into work and they're not in the right state of mind. Um, but, you know, people do just need that time out. So we don't, we, we're trying to stick to a four day working week, um, not go crazy on the hours. So people have got that ample opportunity to spend time investing in themselves um, and their and their social lives and their loved ones and their relationships and all those kind of things. Yeah. I think one yeah. thing we try and um, <clears throat> like someone once said to me that the, the, the one time when you feel like you can't take any time off is the exact time where you need to take a break and relax. Like, cause that happens so much that people just think, right, I can't stop. I need to keep going. But you know, at the end of the day, nothing's gonna, the business isn't going to implode or it's not going to, the the walls aren't going to come tumbling down if you don't send that email at 11 at night like at the end of the day it's not that important you're you... yeah the world keeps spinning round at the end of the day like yeah. things aren't gonna it's not gonna be disastrous if you do just take a step back and stop yourself from burning out mm. you need to look chop, after yourself chop you the bottom third off the to-do list at all times you look at the to-do list and chop the bottom third off and <laughs> everything becomes a lot more manageable Oh, do you know what to do lists like the amount of times and any any well anyone in hospitality who's you know used to prep and writing lists will understand this. But you know when you're writing to do lists and you get to the point where that to do list just has no meaning anymore because <laughs> everything it's not prioritized or anything. And you think ah, I could very easily screw it up and throw it away, but I know I need to action them off at some point, and then eventually that will get put underneath another to do list, and then you'll pick up one point and drag it on top of the and it's just but, never ended. Generally, what, what i what i've started doing is just delete the everything that's from the bottom half down is just gone and then that will make its way to the top eventually when it becomes more important <laughs> so you just don't worry about the bottom half and it'll it'll get done when it when it needs to be done <laughs> that's uh yeah that's exactly the same method that um I've I've not adopted. I've I've been forced into it. It's like if it's important, it will come back up to the surface again at some yeah. stage. Like someone will remind yeah. you or chase you up, and if it's not, then you know. And it does mean that sometimes you miss opportunities as well, doesn't it? Because there might have mm. been like that golden opportunity that if you put a little bit more, like you know, weight behind, it could have could have done something. But then if you weren't in a position to action off your to do list items, then you're not going to be in a position to take on that <laughs> that amazing opportunity, are you? Really? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so things how... things come back around though. That's like if you focus on the most important things, opportunities they come and go. There's always going to be opportunities. Like in our first year of trading, we had a whole calendar full, and you know boat races and events and all these kind of things that then just completely went out out the window when the lockdown hit. And you know we're sitting here in May, and our calendar for the rest of the year is ninety percent full now. So things do come back around the opportunities emerge and there's yeah, exactly. always it's a good point there's always more things around the corner so 
don't always have to be sad about missed opportunities. Yeah, uh, things ebb and flow, don't they? They ebb and flow back, and and if you miss it, it's like a wave. If if it doesn't catch you first time, it's going to catch you the second, and that's both in a positive and a negative. So it's an important thing. Definitely. And so as a result of COVID, you guys have been <clears throat> sort of uh, in a position where your business models changed slightly. I mean, what what has what's sort of been the key learnings from COVID for you, for you guys, both as individuals and also business owners? That's a that's a very good question. I think. Um, when when the pandemic first hit it was all very 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 daunting um and we we both of us had just quit our fairly well paid full-time jobs to to start out on our own but i think the, for me i think the key learning was you know you don't take on everything yourself like work the fact that me and lewis are business partners and we've got each other to rely on has been so so important um in terms of you know just having someone to talk to to bounce ideas off and if 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 one of us had tried to do this alone the last two years we'd have been absolutely screwed and it, we'd you know we'd have completely burnt out but trying not to take problems on your own shoulders the whole time is is really important i know a lot of business owners aren't um aren't in that position and, and are burdening burdening a lot of troubles on their own shoulders but doing it with, with oh, we've got We've got a friend ourselves, you know, the first, there was three guys within our graduate scheme for our year and the other one has done his own business and he, you know, the exact pressures that James was just talking about, he is under himself at the moment. He can't take a, a single day off. So, yeah, so nice. you know, hear that. we're hearing from him the first-hand pressures of running a business by yourself and having to look after, you know, not being able to take that day off and rejuvenate the battery and the safe knowledge that, your business partner has got things covered. Mm. I think for, for us as well, you know, um, I, the reason we're here doing well at the moment and have got a full calendar and are, <clears throat> are growing pretty rapidly is that people are connecting with the with the mental health message that we've got as well. You can, it show, it's really showed us that there is people want to purchase from socially focused companies, especially with an issue as you know as as broad reaching as mental health. Um, which has been amazing for us because you know to see people connect with where their where their where their money's going, being able to tell people that you know by buying lunch from us today, you're going to be funding um, mental health support services for young people um, is amazing, and and that that's going to drive that's going to drive the business forward. It's 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 really good to see, and um, that's one of the key key ways in which we're supporting this charity called uh, Number Five Young People, based in Reading, is. They provide, um, uh, yeah, counselling services to to kids who would would otherwise not have the support because um, Lewis and I were chatting earlier. And we we read that one in three children with a uh, diagnosable mental health problem doesn't have any um, doesn't have any support from the NHS, and there's a seventeen week waiting list for for these services. So there's a massive void that you know we're we're trying to do a little bit to fill by supporting charities such as Number Five. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely um, it's an epidemic of, of massive proportions now. And I think that, you know, as a result of COVID, we've become more aware of the fact that mental health is something that we all have. And actually, we're perhaps, you know, we're all susceptible to experiencing mental health issues or mental illnesses during our, our lifetimes. And it's made us realise that actually, this is something that we need to start taking care of. But the real, you know, the, realistically, the we're just not set up for it. As not just mm. in within the UK, but I think you know worldwide. I don't think that the the topic of mental health has been so strongly stigmatized for the last couple of hundred years that we've you know we've never really been able to provide the support network for for something that's growing faster than you know the many other things in the world at this moment in time, and it's become yeah, definitely become a, bit, I think, a bit of a challenge. Uh, eh? Yeah, definitely, and I think that's why changing changing attitudes towards mental health will is 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 the first step because you know we have to put pressure on uh these on, on the government on local healthcare services to you know to to put in the support they need and changing attitudes and historical negative stigma like you say is uh is really really important to that it's also trying to help get uh, big companies and small companies companies of all size to make a real investment in their staff's mental well-being and 
whether that's through education or just spending an hour a week or whatever it is, in, in whichever way they can talk, approach the subject um, and ensure their teams aren't suffering in silence or being being a victim of, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, but they can talk about it. They, mm. they, they know how to deal with certain situations that, that, that may arise within within their, their walk of life. Um, so it's just that. getting companies to invest in their own mental well-being of their staff. And that's the sort of um, catering avenue that we're looking at more and more in the future. We'll be providing sort of well-being themed lunch pop-ups and events for businesses. Um, we've, we've done them pre-COVID for the likes of Amazon and PwC, where we, we take along a guest speaker and we, we bring along loads of mental health resources to try and broach the subject of how we can tackle burnout in the workplace through, you know, through something that's accessible is in the food experience because a lot of you know mental health advice is that's given out is very it's very clinical it's sterile you know here are five things you can do to improve your mental well-being and that's just on an nhs website but is that really getting through to anyone we took sort of inspiration from the likes of um calm campaign against living miserably who use sort of cultural touch points like, like music and just like your, you guys are doing podcasts and um, you know sports events to be able to use that as a as a method to get a really important message across instead of just dictating to people or you know feeding people sterile information about mental health. It's it's the only way we're going to change uh, change attitudes if we if we get through to people in the proper ways. Yeah, and I don't know whether or not you guys are feeling this. Um, but I, I, I sometimes worry that there are so many of us talking about mental health and well-being at this at this current moment in time. And we know through history that this is something that go, ebbs and flows and cer certainly around Mental Health Awareness Week and, and Mental Health Awareness Month. But do you feel that sometimes our message is getting a little bit lost in in, you know, in there's almost too much information out there sometimes when it comes to addressing mental health issues and the stigma surrounding mental health? I think, yeah, absolutely. Obviously, you can never talk about it too much because getting the getting the situation out there is is very important. So, especially at our markets, even just having our signage up, our statistics, and you, you'd be amazed at the amount of people that just come up to our store and just say, you know, well done. I, I've had struggles myself that you know I, I only feel comfortable talking about now because I've been in a better place for the last two years. But they come up and have an honest conversation and go through their experiences. So I think what you were saying is absolutely correct. It's about making it approachable. Mm. What makes it easy to talk about? What makes it less stigmatized? And that's kind of what we're trying to do. Use food experiences and make it a bit, take a bit of a softer approach to make people feel more comfortable about opening up. So we always said that um, if, if we, at one of our markets, if one person comes up, you know, we have like scannable QR codes on our on our thing, which can take people to resources. If one person comes to our market and and goes away and thinks, you know, actually, I need to I need to do something about my about my mental well being. You know, we we want to the key thing we're trying to get across is that mental health, your own mental health, is a project that you need to work on every day, and you need to take the time to consider your how you're feeling and why you're feeling it and if we can just help one person do that you know maybe turn around and say actually today I'm not I'm not okay and I need to to do something about it or I need some support that that's amazing for us and that's what we're we were set out to do when we first started think really have you had many people come back to you like post conversations or post introductions to the subject of mental health and gone, actually, do you know what? Thanks guys. That I've, I've done this or I've, you know, I've made these changes and it's impacted me in a positive way. Um, not as yet from the, from the stalls, obviously we're very, very early days with the stalls and we have got a, an interactive uh, food truck coming in August, which, will hopefully get people engaging more and more and you know feel that you'd be able to go up. we have got a i think our best interaction that we have is our big stigma board uh which we have a, a talk board on the side of our stall um where people can write their goodwill messages to each other and share positive messages and that has a lot of interaction we have about six or seven people right on that at every market 
Um, and then what we do when it's full up is to ensure that more people can add their messages is we photograph it or post it on our Instagram and then wipe it so it can be, you know, a constant journey uh, throughout it. So then we've got a storyboard of of the business as we go forward yeah, through goodwill we messages. Do, quite a lot of our customers say that they've they've come to us specifically because they, you know, they've experienced mental health problems themselves and they think it's really refreshing that, uh, you know, there's a, a food business that's focusing on supporting mental health issues and um that's really that's really great for us to see mm. yeah i'm i asked out of curiosity because we you know we get the odd message of people from saying that you know this the service has been good or we've had positive feedback but the majority of the time the ironic thing about what we do is that most of the time you don't know who you're helping and who you're not because this you know it's again stigma but also it's one of those it's one of those weird things isn't yeah, it it's like yeah. oh actually you you don't know what was an immediate help and what was going to yeah. help a year down the line i think i think what's nice for us is that because we're we're using our our profits to support charities in delivering support services there's a sort of as a sort of measurable benefit to us as well in seeing the sort of you know the number of hours that have been uh of counseling that have been delivered i was chatting to um uh, a lady called Carly from um, um, Number Five Young People in Reading, and she was saying that so far that our our, our funding has helped support sixteen sixteen um, young people have uh, fifteen hours of no sorry fifteen weeks of of counselling, which is which is amazing to see and yeah to be able to relay that message to the customers who come and buy lunch from us every week is 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 really really good. That's amazing. That is really good, especially with counsel, private counselling services being so. Uh, that I, I don't like the term expensive because they are valuable, but they are, I think, certainly for for staff within the hospitality industry, they can be quite cost prohibitive sometimes. Yeah, totally, um, totally. And it's nasty to is, see that it's uh, you know it's become a tiered. Being access to mental health shouldn't be based on on mental health support shouldn't be based on how much money you earn. That's just crazy. You know, yeah. it's, it's part of our our health and the fact that it's yeah. so underfunded is pretty pretty scary i think but hopefully that yeah has, has attitude if you have an emergency if you have an emergency you've got any directly there for you but like james was saying with the one free having the 13 week waiting list like you know it, it's far too long we need to you know invest in that to reduce that down to you know it should be immediate help it should be within a day it should yeah, there totally. should be somebody to talk to as soon as possible and come up with a plan of, you know, what is causing the burden, what is weighing you down and how can you help relieve that to improve your own mental well-being or if you're worried about someone else, get the right advice on how to help them. Because a lot of people struggling with depression or, you know, ill mental health is they don't that sometimes they don't want to be helped. They're they just close up and they don't want to talk about it. They, so it's it's finding the right advice to be able to approach that in a way that they feel comfortable to talk to you and open up about what they're really feeling. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the reasons why we put in place the Burn Chef Support Services because there was no immediate, yeah, even some EAPs, they're quite quite taxing to get through to because you have to mm. you know, submit your details and wait and it you just you want to make it as easy as possible so there's no barriers to entry so if someone does suddenly you know feel that <clears throat> they, they either a have no other choice or they do feel suddenly comfortable to be able to speak to someone that they can do so quickly and efficiently just because even even just sharing the problem is as you guys probably know through your own journey and, and speaking to customers sometimes they just you know people just like to get things off their chest and that in itself you can almost see the load you know lighten and be lifted from people can't you really yeah, definitely. And that, that's what, you know, that's what both Lewis and what I, I definitely felt when, you know, I left, a, I left a job that was, you know, burning me out to start something that was more well-being focused. That It was like a burden had been lifted, lifted on me. And I went back and did some part-time work for the same company. And they said that I seemed like a different person. And I, I hadn't consciously thought about how different I was going back, having started Think and when I was full-time and, you know, working myself to the bone well not we're still doing that now but at least <laughs> we're doing it for the right reasons we can see the end product now 
we can see the tangible result of the work that we're putting in though which often gets lost within a larger company where you, you can you can achieve every objective and every target set for you but then you know someone might just you know say one bad thing like you know you should smile more and that'll <laughs> be the only thing that that'll be the only thing that eats away at you uh, that evening yeah it's an interest, interesting thing that you just said there which is um that you could achieve every target that was set for you compared to what you guys are doing as creating your own targets and your own destination. And so it's, it's, again, this is where the subject of mental health and mental illness becomes so difficult is that you can have two people both working their asses off, both doing 60 hour weeks in an environment that's quite tough and, and like highly stressed, but one's flourishing and one isn't. And sometimes it is just those, there's those changes, isn't it? Where, do I, do I feel part of this organization? Do I feel like I belong? Mm-hmm. Do I feel secure? You know, is, is are things going on well at home, but also am I having a say in my workload and do I feel resilient to cope with it? And it's all these, this is what makes this conversation so tricky because every single situation is different and unique to that individual, that business. Um, yeah, every, but, everyone experiences mental health in, in different ways. Exactly right. Um, I'm sure, you know, um, someone in in our position now would uh you know the the stress of owning our own business if if i think the fact that we've that we try and invest in our mental health you know on a daily basis you know practicing mindfulness making sure we take the right time out and things like that is is sort of equipped us we hope to deal with the stresses of running a business but we we can only do that because of the sort of engaging you know in in the mental health community and learning more about it and understanding coping mechanisms and stuff like that which is really something we try and do um but i think that's where we need to get to across across the board everyone needs to as a society we need to understand how we can all improve our mental well-being to to build resilience as you say yeah, it's it's. I mean, again, there's so many angles, isn't it? It's, it's not just about resilience. It's not just about you know learning because it's also education as well. Like we never ever. When you enter school, you were taught that your lungs are connected, you know, to the they provide oxygen to your blood and your heart, and these are how best to look after these. And if you smoke, it'll make your lungs bad and all this other stuff. But I don't ever remember being taught that um, you know if you're living on a diet of fatty foods and you're constantly putting your body through through stress you're going to end up ill yeah that was definitely. never part of my curriculum that is something we do struggle with though uh you know being out on the road all day and having very irregular meal times the diet goes out the window quite quickly but we had to make it conscious because when we first started we were eating so much crap but now we've had to make a conscious effort to to get off that and because we do really as part of our menu we do really nice meze salad boxes which is middle eastern style salads so those are the instead of the loaded fries option that we do as well we try and have more of the salad boxes yeah it doesn't taste good i mean it does taste as good that that let's let's challenge the stigma on healthy eating it does taste just as good i think that you have to i think what the reality of it is is that we're we're stuck in a rut aren't we mm-hmm. you have to act make active changes to improve your overall well-being whether that's exercise diet whatever it might be mindfulness but you actively have to put effort behind it to mm. change patterns of behavior totally and totally we found that we within did. our menu as well like we started with uh falafel burgers back in the day and i think we changed that menu because of lockdown what you know we needed a a solution which was deliverable whilst we were locked at, like you know not able home to delivery trade. yeah but that you know that was one of the best things that happened so things happened for a reason like we changed our menu because of lockdown and we're now in a place where we're really happy with the menu and the food that we're serving and um, whilst burgers are still an event option our day-to-day markets is now meze salad boxes loaded fries wraps and if somebody asks for a recommendation we try and push them towards the the meze box to because we know that they'll have a better impact on their although know, we end of day a, feeling um, we do have a, a a massive wrap that we've called the unit after some we made it as a sort of menu hack for someone and he just said that is an absolute unit so it became known as the unit and for, for everyone we sell we we donate a pound to calm on top of the 50 percent donation that we um uh 50 pledge so that's good and that's 
gone really well and helped um, a little bit of extra funds for Calm to help deliver their services, which is good. I like that, the unit. As long as he didn't trademark it before he walked away, it was like, yeah, that's yeah. that's mine. And for every yeah, every, that, every, every rap you no, sell, just, you have to pay me a yeah. fiver. <laughs> it's, just having, it's just having fun with the work that we do. Like that, the guy that came up with the name, like we wouldn't be in the position that we are without the business that he runs, which is the Globe Pub in Newbury. Uh, like we can't even put into words how unbelievable their kindness has been to supporting us. Uh, when they learnt of our mission and what we stand for as a company, they, they've given us their kitchen within their pub to basically operate from as a hub. And, half, you know, most of the the position that we're in now and the amount we've been able to donate as, from a profit perspective is down to their kindness. And it's yeah, very absolutely. much from being now business owners, it's very much community over competition, uh, which we've, you know, we're learning on a day-by-day basis that it's, you know, community is the heart of everything that you can do good yeah definitely yeah it's a really really awesome awesome pub in pub in Newbury and the guys have been really special to us but you know it's been pretty challenging to see what they've been going through uh, over the last I think if, you know they only got their doors <clears> open <throat> last week when the new um when the restrictions were lifted for indoor indoor dining but yeah it's been been pretty horrible to see up up close and personal what you know pub owners and restaurant owners have been going through I mean, we've been probably slightly luckier, or we have been luckier because <clears throat> being a street food business, where we're, our fixed overheads were less than a traditional um, restaurant. But whatever we can do to support those guys now as well is, is part of our mission as well because they've looked after us so well. Well, I think that's what hospitality is all about, though, isn't it? It's a sense of community and you know being able to look out for each other and. And I certainly feel that that's one of you know one of the things that hospitality's done well over the last sort of five ten years or so. Where there's definitely that, it's less competitive <clears throat> now and more like we're in this together, you know. And I think COVID has certainly reinforced that message as well. So, um, especially with the the current climate and staff shortages being what they are at this moment in time, we all still need to band together and help help each other as much as we can. Really, definitely, definitely. So what's next for you guys then? Obviously, you've got a, a pretty pretty full on full on season. So what have we got going on? We are in the process of launching the UK's first social enterprise food truck, which is going to be a pretty pretty special bit of kit. We hope it's uh, we've taken an old, well not an old, uh, a Luton low loader van, and it's getting sent to a chop shop, and it's going to be uh, covered in neons and. TVs and mental health awareness messaging and stuff like that, which we're hoping to launch in August. Um, and a little bit of a shameless plug here, but we're we're going to be launching a uh, a crowdfunder to help us get it over the line um, in in mid June. So keep an eye out for that, guys, if you're listening. But um, it's yeah, it's all underway and it's going to be pretty special. We hope. Yeah, it should look spectacular. Um, we were nominated for the most sustainable street food trader award uh, last year at the British Street Food Awards, and that was you know, months after just launching. Um, so we're hoping to go back in with a bang with the uh, food truck and show off our food the next time. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was really nice that they recognised that sustainability isn't just from a environmental aspect. It's, you know, it's well-being as well. It's, it's, it's recognising, you know, the work that we can all do together to help improve mental well-being within our workplaces and communities. I think the, the food truck's also going to double up as our sort of... Um... Uh, our hub where we're going to do these cooking workshops for um, for young people and young care leaders in the Reading area. So that's going to be quite fun to have people be able to come after a market and we can do a, a demo or we can do a simple. The last thing we did for the guys was a um, we we went yeah we went to young people and children first who provide um, uh, sheltered housing for young care leavers um, sixteen and over. Oh no, sorry, eighteen and over who um typically you know when you turn eighteen you, you're out you're out and you look after yourself which is quite challenging for for people who don't have the support so yeah we popped up in there in the garden of their house and we did these um cooking workshops and we did sort of um healthy tacos we did what we called it what was it bang bang vegan tacos showed them how to make it yeah fully costed out made it you know accessible for those guys so that's the sort of thing that we're going to be doing from the food truck going forward which is going to be really exciting yeah because it'll have it'll have um interactive screens and stuff like that so whereas we're limited to our printed um 
you know, messaging, we'll be able to actually do, a, you know, a rolling slides of statistics and things that people can relate to. So we'll be able to get a lot more out, information out there. And, you know, even whilst we're out and about on the road, people will be able to engage with, you know, what they're seeing and see us from a further distance, really. And it will have like beat the stigma um, and neon lights underneath the hatch. And, you know, you look up and, you know, people will be able to engage with it a lot more than the marquee that we're currently running from. I love that. I absolutely love that. Like we need, we need to make enough noise about this particular subject matter. So why not put it in neon lights and drive yeah. it around the country? Neon, <laughs> neon solves all. Yeah. Neon. Yeah. I don't know what the answer or the question was, but the answer is neon. Ultimately. Yeah. That's amazing. So yeah, that means that we're going to be uh, going to be sort of uh, two places at once, which means the teams are going to be growing at the end of the year as well, which is you know daunting and equally as exciting. But um, yeah, making sure we've got the resource in business so we're not all working seven days a week is key as well as we mentioned earlier which is a challenge but one we're gonna have to meet it's it's tough though isn't it like as a social enterprise and the term social enterprise and non-profit get or non-profit gets banded around a lot but what people don't Mm -hmm. understand is as a non-profit as an actual registered non-profit um and there are a lot of people out there who are just limited trading companies trading as not profits doing good for the community but as a actual registered non-profit we have to submit our reports at the end of the mm-hmm. year to a board to be able to show them that what we're doing is good and also that all of our finances have complete clarity of sight so anyone at any particular time can check what our trading history has been and what we've spent money on so that mm. they know that we're not you know we're not getting wealth in i think that I don't know about you. I I don't know. Perhaps it is just because of the, I think the scope that we've got, but often enough, we tend to get challenged a lot about that. And I don't think people understand the concept of nonprofit and it's hard. It's, it is hard to run a business knowing that, I mean, in our case, a hundred percent of the profits go to, to achieving the goal that we set out. And it's difficult to run a business knowing that in the back of your mind, you've always got to have that money to achieve the goal. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think for us, you know, connecting connecting our customers with, with where the where our profits are going is is important. As I said, through the these various engagement and you know our online blogs and our yearly social impact report and things like that. But I think for us as well, you know, to be able to achieve our aims, that we have to have a strong a strong business, and that means driving profit into the business to be able to make investment and grow, so we can meet more people. And you know, the food truck is a key part of that. It's going to be our the foundation of our business for the next 10 years to come to drive the profit that we can further funnel into these charities. So yeah, it's, it's a, but I think that I think we will over the next few years, see a lot more social enterprises flourishing um, as social enterprise UK um, have launched this um, buy social pledge with, I think I say a hundred of the UK's biggest businesses who have pledged to support um, more social enterprises in their supply chain. So I think it's going to become a more familiar term and I think we'll see more and more social enterprises flourishing. There's some awesome food social enterprises out there already. Um, Luminary Bakery support, um, support women um, who have um, um, fallen on tough times from violence and things like that. And, you know, Karma Cola, those sort of people. And I think it's going to become yeah, we've more got, and more yeah. mainstream. One of our bosses, one of our old bosses who is probably one of the best managers I've had has just launched a social enterprise uh, called Fika and Bloom, uh, Ed Walker. Um, and that's supporting people from the Salvation Army getting back into employment and using coffee as a vehicle to, you know, giving people tangible skill sets to go and get employment in new new areas that they might not have had the opportunity to before. And that's getting people into our industry an industry which is facing a, a skill shortage in the coming years that we're seeing in chefs at the moment, but that's going to be very much front of house also in 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 the near future. And I think it's a natural progression from you know maybe maybe five ten years ago there was this huge renewed focus on the provenance of ingredients and where where the quality of sourcing. And I think this is the ne- is the next step. It's the it's the social impact of your sourcing as well, and also the environmental impact on what footprint it has on the planet and what good footprint it can also have. So that's, I think, the the essence of social social enterprise, really. 
Exactly. And it's, I mean, we're, I'm about to record a video this week to try and raise um, some public awareness for what goes on behind the scenes within hospitality, because I think that at some stage I would very much like to put an accreditation in place whereby the public vote with their feet based on how that business, it, you know, we, we choose to eat places because of environment or sustainability or, you know, whether we're celiac or got certain dietary requirements. But at the moment, we don't choose to eat. I mean, you're, you're living proof that people do choose to eat based on, you know, the impact <clears> of the staff or the overall well-being of, of communities. So at some stage, we're looking at implementing a, an entire scheme or we've started work on it already, an entire scheme to be able to actually put stickers on windows so that the general public can go, I'm going to choose to eat here because I know that the, they've hit this framework and the staff are tested in terms of like how happy they are, how content they are, how their mm. well-being is being, you know, looked after and maintained um and i think that could be quite quite interesting for businesses yeah, that's so, yeah. no, an incredible idea because you know within our industry obviously we've got hygiene standards to make you know you know reach and ensure and we get marked out of five on that so the way we treat our staff and the how we spend our profits should also equally be be able to plastered on the, with pride or shame, yeah. whichever way you look at it, um, <laughs> on the front of your front of your business, and give the customers that that information that they need because they often don't have all the all the facts and figures behind you know, where the business, all the business monies goes. Mm. Yeah, and it is tough out there. You know, hospitality, running a business in hospitality is is, is you know the margins can be slim at times, especially when you're you're under resourced and you might be experiencing high turnover at certain times of the year. But I think that, you know, the more that we start educating people that by investing in their people, they're going to end up in a, in a healthier position, both in terms of their resources, but also in terms of their profit margins, then you'll soon start to see a flourish of businesses who are all adapting and changing. So that actually they, they base them base a menu on like the level of stress that it provides rather than the accolade that they're chasing you know how nice would it be to say right guys how stressed is it going to be like at max capacity to do this menu oh well, that's going to be very difficult i will cross I think that i read there. somewhere that or someone's told me that in in our in the contract catering industry which was our, our previous work um the cost of um recruiting and training a new a new starter is around five thousand pounds which is just a hell of a lot of money and you think staff turnover is an absolute killer and what it the impact of, of on the business when a key sort of linchpin of the of your team leaves or gets burnt out which is why you know we've been planning our new staffing structures for the next year or so and trying to we we've committed to paying fairly good 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 salaries to you know make sure that people want to stay in the business and work with us and make sure that they feel properly rewarded and properly sort of part of the team because we know as our business is only as good as uh as the team that we've got on the ground because if you know if they they decide that they've had enough we are you know we've got a calendar of events that me and lewis will be have to deliver all ourselves which would be interesting <laughs> i can see the look of fear on both of your faces <laughs> oh christ yeah <clears throat> but no you're you are right. Like retention, we've done some research that, that actually mirrors what you've just said in terms of the cost of, you know, advertising, hiring, wastage, payroll, you know, everything else like that. Um, and we've just partnered with a company called People for they're like a data tool company. And so what we're able to do is now survey like multi-site operations and pinpoint exactly where stress and pinch points are within that business, but also attribute a cost per person to that as well. So that's Even cool. for those business owners who are doing it as a cost-saving exercise, we'll then be able to see, well, actually, we know that 30% of our staff within the front of the house in this particular site are experiencing close to burnout. And the reasons for that are is because of work-life balance or salary or not feeling like they're being listened mm -hmm. to. And the cost of that is £4,000 per person or £16,000. And, and how, how, would, how do you measure that? How do you measure that someone's close to burnout? Is that through sort of employee surveys and that sort of thing or it's quite a very hard thing yeah, to measure so, i suppose it's a 20 minute survey that covers a lot of different things in terms of behaviors and environment and asks all these sort of um it's it's very 
the survey is not clinical in the way that you fill it out, but it's backed by clinical psychologists um, and a whole breadth and width of data in the background. So it compares it and cross-references it to other industries as well. So what happens then is that the report comes through for an individual and says, these are the areas that you've, you've reported to be struggling with. It might be sleep or that you are experiencing financial difficulties and that's causing you worry or that you're underskilled in, in your job and you don't feel that you're able to perform. And then it will signpost them to ways of, of addressing these issues, whether that's the Burn Chef Support Service, whether that's um, outsourcing the training. And then the report on the flip side then provides the operational teams to say, well, these are the areas that are reported across your teams. Um, and as a result, you can go down by you know gender, it can go down by mm -hmm. location, team, and then it will attribute a very reserved cost cost per person and a cost per business for as a result of inactivity. So we'll say, well, this is what actually at this moment in time, if you were to fix, you would save you know, 60,000 or in one instance, a million pound, you know, just by addressing this, this one issue. Um, and then it will compare you, as I say, to other industries as well. So it might look at it and go, well, actually you're, you're rating a C when other industries in this particular area, like work-life balance might mm. be like a B or an A. Um, and some of the things aren't going to necessarily match up because we know that the industry is quite unique, but then there are going to be certain things that might be staring us blindly in the face that we've missed completely. But for the first time, it puts a, like you were saying about your well-being days, it puts a cost on presenteeism. So it will mm. say like, you know, this percentage of your workforce are coming in. They're not well. They're, they're not performing efficiently because they're not happy. They're, they're mentally or physically drained. And as a result, it's costing you. The impact is like in terms of customer fallouts, in terms of mistakes at work, it's costing you this much money. And so for the first time, it puts some tangible pricing to, to something that up until now has just been like a, yeah, an estimation. Totally. Yeah, and that's what's going to drive so, drive change is you need something measurable and you know black and white that you can see, this is why we need to change. And a lot of businesses won't, you know, won't make decisions on things that, you can't measure so that's a really really good idea mm. it's yeah i mean it's it's just one of the other things that we need to do as, as social enterprises to try and get our message out there and you know again it will work for a handful of people and then there'll be a completely different message that works for another mm -hmm. whether that's a celebrity endorsement or whether that's a podcast or a neon truck like honestly there's, yeah. there's so many, you just have to constantly pivot and diverse and try and get the same message out so um in terms of if people were looking to to try and find you guys like where where would they need to head on social media to be able to follow your journey and, and view the work that you do well our instagram is uh think street food that's probably the vehicle that we use the most to communicate where we're going to be each week um usually between four and six locations a week at the moment um and yeah just keep keep your eyes peeled we'll be launching crowdfunding oh, wow. soon and we've got our interactive food truck coming but and we're also well, on facebook and our website as well which james will give you yeah yeah it's um www.eatthinktalk.com um we we've put our um regular mental health blogs on there as well and you know we go into a bit more detail of how we support number five young people and you can read about our sort of services for young care leavers as well and and also about our plans for the future as well that's cool. And any any final final bits of advice or uh, sort of world worldwide awareness that you can provide to our listeners or that you want to impart? Don't judge yourself by your own expectations that you set when you left the university. It's probably my bit of advice. Things happen naturally, and they happen, you know, when they're supposed to happen. Um, we will have some good news coming in the next couple of months, which you know maybe we wanted to achieve five years ago, but the fact is that it, it gets achieved eventually and um, just enjoy yourself and what you're doing and that will make you feel good within yourself and it'll make you a better person to those around you totally totally well, yeah so and I, I, I echo those thoughts completely yeah you know when you when you leave university you think right i need to i need to climb that greasy ladder as soon as possible i need to be making serious bank by you know 30, <laughs> but at the end of the day that it's not the be all and end all and doing something that you're passionate about is far more important and doing something that you care about is, is, is way more important than to us. Anyway, it might not be important to other people, but that's, that's the learnings that I've taken over the last five, six, 10 years for sure. 
It's, uh, yeah, I love that. Uh, I was chatting to a chef who is turned a yoga te- a yoga teacher, plus also an alpaca shearer and a whole host of other professions. And he said, one thing he said to me was, wealth isn't measured in currency or money. It's measured in happiness. That's and great. That's I think great. that's quite quite profound, isn't it? And if anything, COVID has taught us with furlough scheme and everything else is that actually you could have all the money in the world, but if you're not content, then totally. it makes no difference. Totally. Yeah, what's the finding. what's the point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. Uh, because society good job deems the it to be the case. tiny. <laughs> 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 well, I know, I know. This is what I said. I mean, Christ, I gave up a sales and marketing manager position to do this, and people are like, "Oh, yeah, you're making profit for yourself, and you must drive a nice car." And I'm like, "No, I swapped in my BMW 5 Series for." A banged up mazda like the smells of a granddad you know like (laughs) yeah i I sit in a drafty cold office it's cold even during the summer like yeah there's 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 no money street we do question it on a on a feb cold february when you're setting up at seven (laughs) in the morning in minus six and you know surely no one's coming out to eat street food today what are we doing here (laughs) i think our i think our bottom moment was we were out we do uh in peak lockdown and still now we were doing 100 mils for the homeless uh, every tuesday at new beginnings in reading which we now do bi-weekly just uh, so we can fit it in with our calendar still uh, and there was one day i can't remember when it was it was last year at some point but it hailed the heaviest i've ever seen it hail and one of the legs just snapped on the side of the market <laughs> and there we are standing just with a broken marquee which you know we need, spirits, to, we need to be able to work here. and our spirits were destroyed. We were soaking wet, nearly got hypothermia. Uh, I, I do think was... humour has got us through a lot of these situations, though, because we have done some shocking events <laughs> where we've turned up and, you know, when you're in the driving rain and it's just, yeah. But <laughs> having someone to have a laugh with with all your staff as well, you know, it's not the be all and end all. You you might, you win some, you lose some. That's our... That's, uh, so our motto, we've got, a, we've got a funny saying that we use when we first started, because <laughs> we did so many dud events when we first started. We're like At the end of it, we'd be like, oh, it's all, it's all just good experience. <laughs> so whenever we have a, um, a, a dud event now, it's just all good experience. And... <laughs> exactly. Providing you're learning from it. If you keep going and that leg keeps snapping off time and time again, mm-hmm. then <laughs> you have to question your decisions. But yeah, it's uh, it's a good point. Every, every every journey and and every i don't know what what's a what's a positive term for failure every challenge it's a learning curve learning curve yeah yeah challenge it's an, it's an opportunity for growth and you often tend to find that you grow quicker like if everything goes right all the time you never grow do you like you have to make mistakes and feel hardship to be able to to learn and to develop so yeah we've, God, made, we've, got deep. we've made our fair share but we i feel like we're uh, <laughs> We're uh, we're past the sort of newbie days of a couple of years ago when we were making every mistake under the sun. But that's the good thing, really good thing about the street food community as well is you, you, your other traders who you trade next to are really supportive as well. We've learned a lot from people who've doing, been doing it a lot longer than us and been really supportive mm. and welcoming. So, um, yeah, it's been really good though. Great learning curve. and But um, it's a great industry to work in and being outdoors as well is, is good for you know our own mental well-being as well not being cooped up all day and getting out and about is is really good it's that variety that i think people need sometimes as well definitely definitely well thank you ever so much for for joining me today and um uh yeah i'm sure our listeners would would love to check you out as well because it's very topical but also you know there's food involved so um please if you do do find Fink and it's F-I-N-K. Um, go have check them out and uh, yeah, go visit their store and say hi. But guys, James, Lewis, thank you very much for joining Thank you me. very much. Great it's to It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you for having Thanks. us on. Bye. No worries. See you later. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Burnt Chef Journal. We'll be back again next week with another episode. But in the meantime, if you wanted to learn more about the Burnt Chef Project, please head over to our website, www.theburntchefproject.com, where we have a range of merchandise which is designed to create awareness. We offer training modules. We also provide support services 
and also you'll find access to our online app which is free to use internationally. Do feel free to give us a follow and a like on social media and we'll look forward to seeing you again next week.